Hello and welcome to POSC Polish Centre. My name is Jakub Krupa, I'm a journalist and a board member here at POSC Polish Centre. As many other cultural organisations around the world, we've had to suspend our operations and public events because of the pandemic, for now. But we are working online to bring you the best of Polish culture in whatever way we can over the next few months. This is hopefully the first of hopefully many elements of our online programme. So we are now live in Post Theatre and I have the great pleasure of welcoming co-curators of the exhibition downstairs in Post Gallery, Wanda Kostya and Viktor Moszczyński, who will talk us through the exhibition about Solidarity at 40, because they were around then and now they are telling the story to those who come to POSC and see the exhibition. So Wanda, how did this exhibition come about? What was the story of this? About last year, we were talking about this anniversary and decided it is really important it's an important anniversary of a really important event that's slightly receded into history. And, you know, the birth of solidarity was so significant and we wanted to remind people of its significance. The idea was to show the story through the posters that arrived, that appeared at the time. Um, and then there are several really good collections. One is held by Ludomir Lasotsky, who was a private collector, a friend of ours, who has a big collection of posters that were shown, some of which were shown in 1982 at the National Theatre. And also the Polish Library in Posk has a big collection. And this is what the exhibition consists of mainly. Apart from that, we've got photographs by some, including photographs by an award-winning photographer, Chris Niedental, and also a bit of footage from the negotiations in August 1980. Victor, if you were to convince someone who does not know anything about Solidarity to come and see this exhibition and learn more about it, what would you say? How would you convince them to come here to POSC? Well, firstly, it's a great story. Uh, and the story of, you know, of a, a titanic struggle. Uh, and a story, effectively, at least to, with, a, with a happy ending, uh, certainly within sort of the time frame uh, of that. Uh, it's uh, something that's also a lesson on how you can conduct great changes in society without bloodshed. Uh, and uh, at the same time, it's uh, important in that it was such, it played such an important role in the final collapse of communism, which came in, in 1989, 1990. Uh, and even Angela Merkel says that, you know, without the Polish Solidarity Movement, there would have been no collapse of the Berlin Wall. So it's historically very significant. The exhibition starts in 1944, way before Solidarity. Why did you think it was important to provide visitors with that context? Or, or is it necessary to know that? Maybe not. Well, we decided, you know, some backstory is important, but the backstory that we show, we show it through posters that came out during the Solidarity era, during the 16 months of Solidarity's legal existence, which was known as the Solidarity Carnival. All these issues came to the surface and the revolts that had taken place and in a way they form a, a, a ladder for the arrival of solidarity. In fact, there's a poster that illustrates this perfectly. It shows, it's called the cardiogram by Czesław Bielecki and it shows the dates, 1944, Warsaw Uprising. Soviets stood on the wrong side, stopped at the river and watched Warsaw being destroyed. 1956, workers' revolt. 1968, um, um, anti-Semitic purge, but also student protests and workers being used against students. 
And then we got 1970, which were massive shipyard uh, strikes in the shipyards with many, many workers killed. 1976, again, was an important date. Um, there was uh, food price rises and workers in Ursus and Radom protested and were put down. And the creation of the Workers' Defense Committee, and which is where the intelligentsia and the workers and students came together and collaborated, if you want. And then the arrival of the Pope in 1979, in June, and people saw how many there were who thought differently. The exhibition tells the story of solidarity through posters. Now, now you have the social media, Twitter, YouTube, Instagrams, all these different social media. You, you didn't have that back then. The protesting was a bit different back then, wasn't it? Well, the, the, the thing is that the, the placards uh, and were really about the only form of protest you could have because there was no access to a free press. Um, so everything had to be conducted uh, in sort of independently of that. And apart from word, by, word of mouth by telephone uh, or listening to BBC or Radio Free Europe, um, that was all there was. So you had independent literature arriving surreptitiously from the West. Uh, but uh, the, the posters were effectively the, played the role of, of social media. Uh, and of course the polls were very adept at, uh, at the latest forms of communication. Uh, once they were able to, they, they were able to, to use um, telex machines at a fairly early stage uh, in, in a way. It was rather interesting that when, even when they were legal and they would be sending over information in their telex machines, the British trade unions couldn't pick that up because they, they didn't have telex machines. The technology was too new. Uh, and you know, we were, had play, played a role in the Polish Solidarity Campaign in, in transferring that, the key information to their sort of brother, brother unions here. Uh, so they were very much on, on the crest of technology. Uh, and, uh, and of course, there, there was always a great tradition of posters in Poland, yeah. even in the communist days, films, uh, wonderful posters. and. Uh, and that was followed through. But there's a range, range of posters. You see some which are finished, like the posters to commemorate the anniversary of the 1970 strikes and the unveiling of the monument in Gdańsk and Gdynia. These were sort of properly finished, but some were beautifully graphically designed. But there was also these handwritten ones that were stuck up on notice boards and easily copied. The other thing you have to remember, the access to photocopies wasn't so easy. That's but right. I have to add that there was, by then, Nova was functioning. The under, what later became and what had been the underground publishing business had been running in the late 70s already. So you did have an alternative underground publishing network, silkscreen or illegal access to official, official printing. So that was already going. And when martial law happened, that burgeoned. And we show uh, just a selection, a handful of of, of these publications that were circulating. I, I, I can't give you the numbers now, but it's like thousands of titles were coming out from little shipyard, you know, typewritten through, um, what was it called, a kalka, you know, through a oh, carbon tracing, copy, yes, yeah. to, to things that were printed off on offsets, on printers, printing machines, in hiding, on people's allotments, in people's cellars. Yeah, and they even had recordings, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could, you could uh, take recordings and so on, so that, that was all part of the underground message. 
They even had Radio Solidarity, yeah. uh, I mean, and uh, could even interfere with the state television every now and again. Yeah. So uh, they they had all sorts of you know printers. Te uh, uh, te technology was actually you know very much the, their strong point. Well, used it to the limits. Really, we used yes. it to the limits. And if you, exactly, you look at the posters from the carnival period; they're vivid and big. And That's then you right. look at martial law. We have photographs of. of of demonstrations and so yes. on, and everything becomes small. You know, even the solidarity badges were illegal under martial law. And so people used a resistor. I don't, you probably don't even know what that is now. A little electric, I'm, I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> <laughs> little electric, we've got some on display. But yeah. So you put a resistor in your label and that's because and I'm resisting. Are, yeah. yeah, I'm that's resisting. Right. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about what's going on in the UK? Now, obviously, today we would use internet and we use cable networks to learn about what's happening in Poland. But back then, how did you get the news from Poland and distribute them here in the UK? One of the useful organisations uh, just before the, uh, the, the birth of Solidarity uh, was the Information Centre for Polish Affairs, mm -hmm. which cooperated in a clandestine way very much with, with uh, the BBC, uh, the Polish section as well, uh, where they were able to bring in a, a whole host of information, largely through the Workers' Defence Committee, but through other organisations like Roger as well. <coughs> and this would be um, collected and translated, distributed to all the leading uh, institutions in the West, uh, ranging all the way from universities to uh, to the CIA, effectively journalists, journalists, uh, and uh, this, this could be repeated. So we 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 had this developed to quite a quite a high standard, but of course once solidarity burst onto the scene, you had the the the, the strikes in Gdańsk. Of course, the Western media were there already, and uh, and they were getting uh, really up to date information. But of course, you had organisations like the Polish Solidarity Campaign, which was funded initially by, by very left-wing activists um, who set up uh, an organisation at the beginning of August called the Polish Solidarity Campaign. Uh, August 1980, I'd like, you yes, know, it has uh, to that's be right, sorry, yes, yeah. uh, the beginning of 1980. Uh, Even the strikes hadn't finished yet. Oh, well, they, they, were, they were only just sort of developing, and uh, they, they, this was an organisation called Polish Solidarity Campaign to support striking workers. They, they modelled the name on the Chile Solidarity Campaign. And it was only, of course, in September that Solidarność took on their name. Uh, we were already had that name here. And, of course, um, people like me and Wanda felt very much involved because we were born here, we could speak English uh, and Polish, uh, we could act as a liaison, we could particularly bring in a support from uh, the trade unions, which was vital because this was a workers striking. Um, the trade unions here were taken by surprise. We only had very few supporters in the trade unions here initially, but it developed very quickly. But we were able to approach at a time when, when the UK was uh, very divided uh, uh, because you had the, the Thatcher governments fighting the trade unions, and many trade unionists were very uh, felt, you know, very hostile to something that that uh, the Conservatives seemed to be so supportive of. Um, uh, but in, in time, you know, when once the TUC, uh, particularly after ma after martial law was imposed, once the TUC had declared their support, the support was total, and it involved financial support, political support, uh, and supporting uh, solidarity members here, 
And of course, the Polish Solidarity Campaign could act as a liaison between um, solidarity members here as well as, um, as, uh, as, well as individual unions. Um, and even in the legal, the carnival period, uh, we were able to, uh, to, to meet solidarity representatives and introduce them to their counterparts in the TUC. Uh, so we, we played, I thought, quite an quite a important role. Uh, and we also were able to extend this to the Labour Party because at the time the Labour Party uh, still invited representatives of the Communist parties in Eastern Europe to their conferences. And we were able to use solidarity as this, this sort of coach and horses to drive right through that and say, no, no more. And eventually, after uh, one year of lobbying, we got the support of people like Neil Kick Kinnock, who became the leader of the Labour Party. And uh, they were disinvited in, in future. And uh, the Labour Party remained very supportive right throughout uh, the, the whole period. Unfriended. <laughs> yes. The exhibition shows a range of things, how you organised yourselves back in the 80s, the publications, the posters, uh, protests around the UK, but also normal events. There's, there's a particular poster there saying, come to disco, get the news from Poland. Um, how does that work? What was the way of distributing and organising people and spreading the word about what's going on in Poland? Would it mostly be through social contacts? How does that work? Well, it's like now, you know, even, even though you've got social media, you're still talking to your bubble. And yeah. so people just passed it on, you distribute a little leaflet. That's a charming leaflet, actually, that one. It's a disco, one pound in support yeah. of solidarity. That was the Solidarity Trade Union Working Group. So it's sort of, that's the way it works, you know. But, but people knew about, for, yeah. for once, you know, people were interested in Poland because of, because of the events there. Yeah. Admittedly, later he had the Falklands War and obviously the British public opinion slowly turned to other things. But for, for almost a year, Poland was the main story. I mean, it, and, yeah. uh, I mean, it made us feel very proud to be Polish. Yeah. It, was a great, yeah. uh, it was a great period, particularly as Solidarity was such a positive organisation. Uh, and it was also, in many ways, it was uh, anti-racist uh, because it, it criticised anti-Semitism, for instance. Uh, it fought for women's rights, it fought for consumer rights, all of this under the umbrella of, the, of this trade union. Uh, uh, and uh, we really felt we, we were, it was a bandwagon, but we felt it was a bandwagon we were very pleased taking part in. Mm -hmm. And when we um, managed to get a story through, through a, after, immediately after martial law, we had a press conference, MPs invited us to the House of Commons, we announced it there. The BBC announced that we were going to have this demonstration on December the 20th in 1981. And, and of course, uh, what better could, you know, support could we want? And 15,000 people turned up. And obviously, a large section of the Polish community, they'd been told were on mass early that morning this was taking place, but many of them knew from the BBC. But you had uh, British organisations, uh, you, you had conservatives, you had liberals, you had Labour Party, you had uh, different Marxist groups, you had Communist Party branches Communist with Party. their banners there, standing there. Or most of the, these left-wing groups stood together. Uh, as the polls marched past, we had to say, look, um, they're on our side, don't shout <laughs> at them, they're on our side this time, they're going to join us at the end of the demonstration. Mm. And it was 15,000 strong when we marched in Hyde Park uh, and past the Polish Embassy. Uh, and, uh, in the driving snow? Yeah, yes, the tried and uh, it was at the time a, a very good event. And, and later on we had, uh, you know, at least three times a year for the next few years, we, we had uh, 
demonstrations. We had uh, hunger, uh, hunger s sort of um, vigils outside the embassy. Uh, enormous uh, support, and we were going around with collection boxes, and the police were coming up and putting money in our boxes. We were putting up posters for that first demonstration. We, we printed them throughout the night on silk screen, would you believe? Yes. And people were putting them up, and we, they'd see us and the, in the night, and drivers would honk, and taxi drivers and van drivers would honk. It was a really popular popular thing to yeah, support. Yeah, I remember yeah. when we had our preparatory meeting. Well, martial law was unpopular, <laughs> yes, basically. Yes, right. we were having preparatory meeting with the police, and, uh, and they said, by the way, there's a lot of uh, illegal posters going up. And I said, really? Really? Oh, I just thought you might want to know, they said, you know, and, and went on, you know, with, uh, yeah. with obviously, the, we, we had enormous uh, popular support uh, at the time, and uh, it made our activities that much easier. And talking about protests, how would you organise people to come? Would that be go for Polish schools, or churches, or social clubs, friends? Um, well, we, well, because it was announced the BBC, everyone knew it was happening. We came to this building, the Polish Social and Cultural Association, and we had a, a meeting here uh, where, where the main PSC members were there. Uh, and we, we, all got, we, we took over uh, the Malinova Sala, the, which is the sort of one of the main uh, rooms here. And we, we had a meeting then, of, and he said, everybody here, you're going to be stewards. Uh, and he said, you know, come and you know, tell the organisations, the parishes, obviously key things were the parishes, Polish Saturday schools. And we had this meeting, I can't remember now which particular day it was, I think it was on the Wednesday or the Thursday before. Uh, on Wednesday, we'd had the press conference and the BBC had announced that we were going to have the demonstration. Um, and after that, well, we didn't know how many people would turn up. The police asked us and we said, I don't know, eight, maybe, maybe we'll get 10,000. Uh, well, you know, we were more than we could handle. And I mean, and in the end, uh, it, it was actually got quite disjointed, but we were happy. We'd, we'd done it, we'd organised it. We knew that the news about this had gone through to Poland. And in fact, of course, we all the time the Information Centre for Polish Affairs was actually also passing this information through to Poland. And of course they were hearing this on the BBC uh, on, uh, uh, and similar things were happening in Paris uh, and in Rome and in, uh, in the States. Uh, and all this was obviously support for, uh, for the underground solidarity which was formed particularly amongst those workers who weren't, uh, who weren't captured on the, on the night of uh, military law. I know it's difficult to say, but how big a role the, the UK-Polish community played in making sure that the story of solidarity is known in the UK, that people knew what was going on, they knew about the struggle. Is there any kind of way we can say how important was that? I think that's very difficult to quantify. I don't think you can yes. quantify that. I think that's an academic question. You need to yeah. do some studies. Uh, I mean, ev everyone wanted uh, badges, everyone yeah. wanted T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. We made, in the first year, we had uh, one, of our, one of our main sort of organisers, and he was later a chairman quite some time, Giles Hart. Uh, he organised this almost with, you know, like, like a major industrial enterprise. Uh, and the income by the end of 1982 was £22,000, just from the sale of... Uh, T-shirts uh, and badges. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then there were, we had free Vowenza badges, uh, T-shirts. The only trouble is, as soon as we had them printed, Lech Vowenza was, was freed. But uh, they became a sort of, uh, a, a, you know, an interesting uh, 
thing to still display. But, mm -hmm. but anyway, they, they were tremendously popular. Everyone knew what, what we were talking about. And uh, they, yeah. we had no hostility uh, at all for, for selling them, uh, even, even at uh, jumble sales. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's whatever, whatever we did, it was like a golden touch, you know, everything that worked. And I remember the Pope came here uh, in Crystal Palace, uh, to, and he came to meet the Polish community here in, in London uh, and at this rally. And by the extraordinary, because the date of the rally had to be, uh, the meeting with the Pope had to be changed at a couple of days' notice, partly because of the Falklands War, uh, the Pope had put off the decision and then came a week later. And all those who were going to set up market stalls around the stadium had cancelled uh, and we hadn't and we turned up there at seven o'clock in the morning and we were the only stall there and we had to sold two thousand pounds worth of, of t-shirts there and <laughs> then you know we just couldn't lose now in 1989 there was a kind of moment of reconnection as well I yes we'll, can you please tell us because there's a there's a picture of that from i think ealing town hall as well yes uh, i'm not sure tell us a bit yeah. more about that yes well that was an important moment yeah well, well there were there was enormous i mean i was then a councillor in ealing and because i'd heard on the grapevine that uh, the tuc was organizing a conference at which solidarity was likely to be uh invited because it had just been legalized in poland uh and i suggested through uh through our mayor that we send an invite um through the tuc uh, and notifying the Foreign Office. And luckily the TUC knew, uh, they knew me because of, I'd acted as a liaison before. Uh, also the, the main solidarity people like Bogdan Lis uh, and Janusz Oniszkiewicz also knew me and uh, knew therefore that the sealing invite was, was a useful one for them. Uh, and uh, they, they agreed to come to Ealing Town Hall and they did this in this extraordinary day where I was one of the main organisers because everything that they wanted to do uh, basically was almost done through the TUC and through me. And that was at the beginning of the day, we visited the Sikorsky Institute um, to, uh, to, to, to see all the displays there. Uh, then they went to watch Medical Aid for Poland uh, uh, loading uh, trucks with, with gifts for Poland. Uh, and then, of course, the next bit was something preordained where he was, went to visit uh, Chequers. And one of the great things about that is that, of course, he had um, the Secretary General of the TUC, Norman Willis, with him. And Norman Willis accompanied uh, Boensa to this visit to Chequers, and that was the first time that Margaret Thatcher had met Norman Willis. I mean, so, you know, Lech Boensa was the link, you know, between the British Prime Minister and the British Trade Unions. And then uh, he, had a, he went to the Polish Embassy, but our mayor went to the Polish Embassy as well, at uh, appropriate time, literally dragged him out by the hand into the mayoral car. Uh, the, 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 the sort of his immediate entourage followed another car. The police lost control. They didn't know where Lech Wałęsa was. You know, this is the most important VIP. There were dramatic telephone calls to Ealing Town Hall because he's on the way to us. We don't know where he is. We, we have no idea. And we all sort of waited with bated breath. And then uh, suddenly there he was. He turned up at the steps of Ealing Town Hall. We had a group of English and Polish children dressed in Polish national costumes. So it looked rather keen, attractive because particularly as we had a, uh, a young girl, black-skinned girl there in, in a Krakowski stroy, you know, wearing, you know, visit, you know, greeting him with bread and salt. Uh, we had Rula Lenska, we had all sorts of Polish figures uh, like that and we brought him in and, you know, everyone cheered him. 
and uh, we, we, the picture that you saw was the two former solidarity, Polish Solidarity Campaign leaders with him there. And one of the great things was that one of the guests was Neil Kinnock with his wife Glenis. And uh, Lech Wałęsa, when he'd been at Chequers, being a very much a gentleman that kissed uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher's hand, here he'd kissed Glenis Kinnock's cheek. And of course the press had this everywhere. You had the picture, these two pictures counterimposed that on the same day Lech Wałęsa was able in this very polarised country to kiss Margaret Thatcher and Glenis Kinnock on the same day. And then he still went to Mass, and then he came here to this building uh, uh, for a banquet here. So it was a very, very busy day for him, but it was uh, also a glorious day for, for the Polish community to, to meet him. And solidarity supporters. Yes, and for solidarity supporters, absolutely. Now, if you were to choose one favourite item from the exhibition that brings maybe most memories or something that you are particularly fond of, what would that be? My favourite item, you know, I mean, among, apart from the, the picture from, from, uh, from Ealing, Ealing Town Hall, uh, is, is the sort of the, the moment uh, of, of triumph, if you like, basically the, 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 the picture of uh, Gary Cooper marching forward, you know, for, with a uh, high noon. Uh, this is, you know, the final, uh, the, f the final confrontation, vote or, uh, and uh, get these communists out. And, and, and of course, although it was still a limited franchise, uh, nevertheless, the, the, the vote was so overwhelming that the communists finally had to give way. They were already messed up economically. They realised now they messed up politically and they made that decision they'd have to at least share power with solidarity. And eventually, once the, the Berlin Wall was down, uh, then they had to give up power uh, completely. I, I, have, I have several favourite items, I'm afraid. Um, I think as posters, I think the posters from June 1956 from Poznań are remarkable. Um, they're very striking and they're, they, they're beautiful as posters and, and they're, just, they're just excellent. You've got to show those. Um, I find very poignant the black and white photograph, uh, black and white poster of um, at the beginning of Solidarity where you've got workers of all enterprises unite, which was the slogan for the Interfactory Strike Committee in Gdańsk in August 1980. And it's the, the Lenin shipyard and the people going out and a little, just a couple of words at the bottom saying, let's not waste it. And that's a sort of a slightly bitter feeling to seeing that poster. There is some, the, the, the censorship poster is really, really striking. I think Chris Nidenthal's photographs are stunning. Um, but sometimes yeah. it was the amateurish posters which yeah. are most striking simply because they, the message is so clear from them. Yeah. No embellishments. You know. yeah. The handwritten ones, you know. Yeah. yeah, the handwritten ones. And the referencing all the time to the Constitution. You agreed to this. Can we have it, please? You know, <laughs> why aren't you following this rule? And, you know, 90 days of peace. Jaruzelski decreed that there should be 90 days of peace and the police go and beat up councillors and solidarity leaders in Bidgosh. So it says 90 days of peace apply to the government, not only solidarity. And you can see that, that yeah. it was an uphill struggle all the way through those 16 months. 
We obviously had very good reception of the exhibition so far, now extended by popular demand till the 3rd of November. Who did you have here and who did you show the exhibition to? Do we know anything about who are the visitors coming? Well, we, ha we had the official visitors, of course, the opening with, with the local mayor of Hammersmith and Fulham. Uh, we had a couple of MPs, a local one, uh, uh, Andy Slaughter and John Speller. We had a representative from the TUC. Uh, the Polish ambassador came. Of course, because we've got the con current uh, uh, controls because of COVID, um, but all that worked. And we've had people from the Polish community. We've had people coming outside. We've had Belarusian uh, families coming here. We've actually got a collection for uh, Belarus, uh, which uh, for an organisation that's uh, sending support, uh, because it's the, it's so you know the events there are so mirror what what was happening in Poland in 1980 and 81, uh, and uh, they themselves feel the, the, that link. Uh, we had Lord Dubs uh, coming, uh, a wonderful figure. We we spent a whole hour with him. Uh, we had visit. Uh, we had. Uh, messages of support from Neil Kinnock, Lord Kinnock now, uh, and uh, other, other prominent figures like, like Steve Pound, the former MP uh, from in Ealing. So um, we've, we've, we've been very pleased with, uh, yeah. with the support that we've had in this really very, very difficult time. And it's both, it's both people who were active at the time or remember the time, so getting quite nostalgic about what it was like, and it's it was another world, but also the, the new generation yes. of people who are active in, in the UK now are concerned about the, what's happening in Poland and a lot of them for whom this is history, like the Second World War was for me, for them this is like ancient history and they're revisiting that and I think that's very, something very positive. So, and people come in, you know, come into the POSC from time to time, so you know, you've got a random footfall. It's regarding yeah. regarding Biel I, I'd just like to say something about Belarus. I'm, it's very, it's very sad to see how. I mean, it, we P solidarity had wonderful support, which Victor described, and it's sad to see that Belarus, what's happening in Belarus now, is not getting the same degree of support and interest. There is interest and. You know, you cannot help but admire the protesters, but it's on a different scale. And we, we have, um, we finished the exhibition off with two photographs from Gdańsk from this summer, August 2020, where you've got the shipyard gate and Solidarność written in the Solidarność logo and Belarus written in the Solidarność logo. It's a sign of solidarity with Belarus. And also a photograph for a demonstration in support of the protesters in Minsk that took place outside the shipyard next to the Three Crosses Monument, which was a monument to workers killed in 1970. Certainly most of us, I think I would, I never want to say all of us, but most of us feel a lot of empathy for what the Belarusians are going through now. And it's sad that it's not getting the, the right amount of support in the West. The exhibition, as you said, ends with a couple of pictures showing the link between Belarus and Poland uh, back in the 80s. Is that kind of call for action for people watching the exhibition? Are you telling them, actually, there's something similar going on now? Well, it's, it's, it's not for me to say. This is an exhibition. It's a historical exhibition. We start in 1980 with a bit of backstory. We end in 1989. One cannot ignore this, and we are 
trying to, you know, if anybody cares to donate, we are collecting for the Belarusians, for one of the organizations that's sending funds to Belarus. We are going to be sell selling some posters and all mm. the profit from that, well, all the funds that we get from that will, be, will go to the Belarusians. What people do, you know, I'm not writing the program, it's for them to write <laughs> it. Thank you very much for that. Wanda Kostya, Viktor Moszczyński, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. And hopefully we'll be able to bring you more of POSC's cultural events online in whatever form. For now, stay safe. Thank you very much.